And that's going to be our text this morning, 3 John 5. Uh, as we've been going over the last couple of weeks, we've been trying to set a stage for you to understand a few things. One is that we want you to see an Acts 1-8 strategy built out in our church's life where we're starting, just like Jesus told the disciples, kind of reshape what they were questioning and, and reorient them to what was most important as they said, are you building the kingdom right now? Are you establishing it right now? And he said, that's not important. What is important is that you start making disciples here and we could basically say here, there, and everywhere is basically how he put it. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth, and how we've adopted that strategy. I hope that you'll take time as you leave today to walk around all of the booths that are set up in the gathering room and out in the foyer. In the foyer are level one partnerships, and we describe those as partnerships that ask for prayer and support. That's what they're basically looking for. Would this church pray for us, and would this church support us with some finances to help us? If you go in the gathering room, that's where the kind of that sweet spot is, where prayer support and boots on the ground, people show up and, and we have those for you. So we're trying to model that for you with Nashville, kind of a, a half day's drive, the nation, and then the ends of the earth. And so it's exciting for us to see all of those partnerships and you can oftentimes pick up a little bit of information from them out there. Last week we talked about how everything starts and if we're gonna be giving, it starts with it all being God's. The earth is the Lord the fullness thereof. It's his. So we give out of the, the first fruits that God has given us. We give the first fruits back to God. After that, it's offering. And you remember our little equation that we learned from the Corinthian church, the equation about giving that, that joy plus poverty equals generosity. That's a funny equation, isn't it? But that's exactly what had happened in the Corinthian church. They were joyful in the Lord. They didn't have much, but that joy plus their, their not having much somehow led to generosity on their part. And how we understand, I love that Michael just prayed this for us, that we would give ourselves first to the Lord and then to the mission partners, because that was right out of our passage last week. Give their, yourself first to God and then to the partners. And that's how all of this Works, And we talked about what a privilege that was for us to be able to give. Well, as we come to 3 John today, we see something that was commended in a man named Gaius's life. And I hope that it will be commended in our lives as well as we think about what it means to really be in partnership with people. Let's read these four verses together. Verse five, dear friend, you are acting faithfully in whatever you do for brothers and sisters, especially when they are strangers. They have testified to your love before the church and you will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God since they set out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from pagans. Therefore, we ought to support such people so that we can be co-workers with the truth. This is one of those passages that kind of popped up on my radar last year reading the Bible. It was one that I often do. If I, I find a passage that, that kind of sticks with me, I email it to myself and just put it in my inbox to save for later. And as we approached this year's theme and kind of were talking about what is the theme, I thought, I know what the theme is. It came out of 3 John. And it was great to go back and read that email again. It was, I, I had notated to myself, 3 John 5, Global Focus just reading through the scripture, how God illuminates his word for us and how he makes it uh, kind of light the path that we're supposed to walk. I've never preached to my knowledge a message out of 3 John. I don't think I've ever done it. Today will be the first 
but I can't think of one that would be more fitting for us as we talk about what it means to be partners in the gospel with people around the world who are doing work in the kingdom of God. This is everything that Global Focus is built upon. This is everything that we're asking you to do this week. We're asking you to take up the mantle of a man named Gaius, and we're asking you to be just like him. We're asking you to be commended for well-doing. When you think about this, I think it speaks to the important work that we have to do this week, because if we're going to be commended for this, we have to know a few things. And the first is this, is that it's a faithful work that we're doing. You saw that in verse five, as John was writing to this man and commending him, especially for the way he had been treating what most people believe were itinerant evangelists. How many of you remember old tent meetings? Anybody back? Baptists enough to remember a tent meeting. Praise the Lord, we need to bring them back, you know, and have a little tent meeting, throw a little sawdust out there and get after it. If you remember the tent meetings, what would happen is oftentimes churches would come together and say, for the sake of the city, we're gonna hold this tent revival and they would bring in an itinerant evangelist. Now, that was something that was even common to have itinerant evangelists even up until about the last 15 years. They are in a little bit short supply right now. They're harder to find and, and it, it seems a little bit out of steps sometimes with the modern world, but I want you to see, I believe that we see from this, some of those itinerant people are missionaries that come into our lives who are then going out and doing the work. And Gaius had been commended for doing that. They would come through town, they would preach the gospel, these brothers, these sisters, and he was doing a faithful work in their life. In fact, verse five talks about it by saying it is a faithful work. And that's the literal translation when it says you're acting faithfully. It says it's a faithful work work. You are doing faithful work when you do anything for the brothers and sisters who come into your life. To do something faithful is to do it reliably, to be reliable. You know, we live in a day and time where, I got to be honest, it's, it's some, somewhat discouraging to be a pastor of a church. Do you know why it's discouraging? because no one wants to be faithful. Everyone wants to come and receive, but you say, hey, could you serve over here? <sighs> you know, I really don't want to commit. I, I don't want, in other words, I don't want to be faithful. I want to show up. I want to get all the blessing, but I don't want to be faithful now. I don't want, I don't want to do that. I often tell people in our new members class that uh, we we used to have in Baptist life something called the nominating committee. Do any of you remember the nominating committee? Yeah. We used to put you on the nominating committee if we didn't like you. <laughs> you know why? Because you got a month's worth of calls just to be rejected on. Hey, would you serve over here? No, I can't do that. Okay, I gotta find someone else. Would you, Pastor, they won't do it. Would you serve over here? Do you know what it means to be faithful? See, I think a lot of times we, we miss this. We think that in our lives, the greatest thing we can do is something massive, something big for the Lord. And you know what's more important than something big is you just showing up every week and doing the right thing. You just being faithful. Just being faithful to the call of God in your life to be salt and light. Just being faithful to show up and teach that little kid's Sunday school class or that student Sunday school class or that adult Sunday school class or just being faithful to show up to a ministry like Helping Hands or just being faithful this Friday night. You know what you need to do? Show up. You just need to be here. 
Well, I, you know, it's Friday night. I'm, I'm, I'm busy. I don't want to be tired. Be here. Saturday, we'll have our, our senior adult luncheon. Be here. Sunday, be here. Sunday night, be here. Tonight, as we have night of prayer, be here. It doesn't take much to be faithful, and yet it takes everything, doesn't it? Because it takes overcoming our will. Our will is to, to not commit. Our will is, is to hold back. Our will is to not risk anything by having to be faithful. Our, our will is to not be uncomfortable. But the scripture says it's a faithful work when we do these things. We don't have to do the big thing. We need to do the faithful thing. We need faithful men and women who are willing to show up for the sake of the kingdom. To do this work, to be commended for it, Gaius was doing a faithful work to strangers. We're asking you to actually do the opposite. You know what's funny is that you haven't met Michael Geyer yet because the last time that we had an in-person global focus, he wasn't able to come. I think they were having a, they were having a baby. Like, and didn't they just have another baby? They sent somebody down with them. Uh, but I mean, it, it, it was a lot going on. No, it was their launch Sunday. That's what it was. It was their launch Sunday. They were launching the weekend we were having global focus. You've never even met him. After this week, he shouldn't be a stranger to you. If I say Michael Geyer and you go, no, who? Who's that? You haven't looked at your book? You haven't been praying for him? You haven't shown up? These shouldn't be strangers to us. That's why we ask you and beg you to show up for the night of partnership, to meet the partners. That's why we ask you to come to the night of giving, to see the look on their face when they receive these things. You'll get to know these folks. And when you do, you'll find that some of them are the best people that you could imagine. Can I tell you a great story about a partnership that failed? And it illustrates what I'm talking about, good people. In Global Focus, we have criteria for partnership. A number of years ago, we had a partner come, and, and I'll never forget it. As, as he was here that, that Sunday, he was receiving gifts and all these kind of things, and and he asked if he, if he could have the microphone and, and he began to speak to you guys and he, he was just at a loss for words because he said, I've never, I, I don't even know what to say. I, I've never experienced anything like this. I, I feel so unworthy and I'm so grateful and, and I don't even know what to do with this. How, how is it that you who don't know me could give to me in such this way? Well, we were trying to be commended, weren't we, for doing the right thing. That first year of partnership, we sent a team down to where he was. And at the end of the week, he looked at the team and he said, I, I have to be honest with you. I love you guys. And the support that you've given me this year has been great. I don't think I meet the criteria for partnership with you guys, though. I think our ministry doesn't. Now, I want you to think about that. Here's a man who was walking away from thousands of dollars given to his ministry to support him, that's the kind of people that we're meeting. That's the kind of people we're encountering who just said, I, I love this church. I've been such a beneficiary of this church, but you know what? As I understand the partnership, I, I, don't, I, don't think I'm, I don't think I'm really a partner. I think after this year, I should let you guys go so that you can find people who really fit the partnership of what you're doing. That's the kind of people we bring in. That's high caliber people. That's somebody with more integrity than most of us could imagine to turn away dollars and say, these will be better used over here because it fits your criteria. That's amazing. 
We want to know them in that way. And that's why this night of partnership, meeting these partners on Friday night at 6.30 is so important. It's why coming back on Sunday, it's so important so that we can continue the faithful work, not to strangers, but to people who we know. I want you to look at verse six. It says, they testified to your love before the church. These are the partners. And you will do well to send them on their journey in a manny, a manner worthy of God. Did you notice the way that we're to handle the partnership? You'll do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. Some of you just made the connection, didn't you? And it kind of causes you to go, uh-oh. Because when we talk about something being in a manner worthy of God, there's all of a sudden this incredible weight of expectation that comes to us because we understand that our task is not simply to give a little. That would be easy enough. But that connection makes us a little bit nervous because when we think about a manner worthy of God, what comes to your mind? How did God give towards us? Everything. God sent his son. They call him Jesus. He came to love, to heal, and forgive. He bled and died. It's for my pardon. How did God give to you? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him, would not perish, but have everlasting life. And so when we read that and we start thinking, how can I give in a manner worthy of God? It makes me a little nervous because I see God gave everything. He didn't hold back anything. He gave everything so that we could have that. And, and oh, as we already know, only God can do that. Only God can give everything because only God is perfect in that way. Only God can give everything. But here's what we can do. We can give sacrificially. God gave something that cost him something. And when we think about missions and we think about our partnerships, we can give in such a way that it actually is sacrificial for us. If our giving to Global Focus doesn't cause us to pause for just a second and go, now if I do this, what am I not going to do this year? If I do this, what will that mean in terms of my finances? If I do this, if I give in this way, how is God going to do that? How will it work out? If it doesn't cause us to pause, then it might not be described as costing us anything. That, that gift to our partnership to be in, in a manner worthy of God, sacrificial, thoughtful, pleasing to God, giving in a manner worthy of God. This week, uh, we were having a conversation around the office because one of the things that happens every year is that our partners have technological needs. Uh, I think that uh, for most of us, we walk into the building and we have no idea that uh, Eric's sitting up there 
making sure that the lights are on and that uh, I'm as pretty as I can look. And uh, we got people on TV uh, doing the TV over here. Is Gage up there somewhere. And sometimes Carson's up there doing the screen for us and the words. And these guys, are, they're doing all this. You know, I often think that I come in here and do like this and it just happens, right? And, and you feel the same way. I saw Stephen Nelson this morning and I said, hey, what's broken this morning? We have been having a bad run of air conditioners lately. Have you noticed that? You're either freezing or you're burning up. You know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. And we do that just to keep you off kilter a little bit just so that you're grateful, you know? Uh, one week it's hot, next week it's cold. You never know to bring the African or to bring, uh, you know, uh, uh, the fan with you. But bring both, be prepared. Uh, so, but we were talking about our partners, their needs. Their technology needs are often great. You don't think about what it takes to buy a projector, a screen that you can move in and out and, and do all those things. You don't think about what it takes to have a laptop to run. I mean, just to run the, just the screen that we have, the, the software and all of those things that happens. And, and, and we were kind of laughing because we've been, on, we've been on a run of bad, I don't want to say luck, but bad luck uh, here. Uh, we're, we're having computers die and, 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 and equipment has been dying. I mean, my computer died last week. I mean, we just all these kinds of things. And we were kind of laughing that uh, our partners, when they leave here Sunday night, will be in some ways much better equipped than your own church, right? Because they're, they're getting brand new computers. We're sending them out with everything. And I kind of laughed and I said, but well, that's how it's supposed to be, isn't it? Because isn't that what you would do for a child? You would say, well, you know, who needs new shoes worse? Me, because I'm wearing some old shoes, or my child whose toe is sticking out their shoe, you know, because they're growing. You, you, you'd always do that. And, and God demonstrates his own love for us, that while we were sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. And so if we think about it in terms of sacrificial giving, it ought to be that way. We'll fix all of this. We'll get around to it. It'll work. It's no big deal. But for a partner, these things are life-changing because they don't have somebody that they can call when IT goes bad. They're the pastor. And this is one of the things. I don't know if you feel this way at your house or dealing with your grandchildren. But when did you have to become an IT specialist to operate your phone or watch TV? It's maddening. It's maddening. There's, there's something that just strikes fear in me. It happened yesterday. Dad! What is it? Something's broken, right? Something's not right. Fix it. I don't know how to fix it. They don't have anybody to do that for them. That's why you standing behind them makes all the difference in the world. When they leave here, whether it be Sunday night a week from now or Monday morning, we want them to know that they are loved, cared for, appreciated, prayed for, and that they're not in this alone. That they have people who are standing beside them who love them and will serve with them. Why? Let's read verse 7 and 8. Since they set out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from pagans, Therefore, we ought to support such people so that we can be co-workers with the truth. When we talk about our partners and we talk about what it means to be in partnership, the reason that we want to give in a manner worthy of God is because they have done something that is commendable. They set out for the sake of the name. We've entitled our, our theme this week, For the Sake of His Name. That, that really is the motivation for what we're doing, isn't it? 
We're, we're not doing it so that we can pat ourselves on the back. We're not doing it so that we can make our church name famous. We're not doing it so that, that we can be commended by others. We're doing it in such a way so that we can bless people who have left for the sake of the name and we're doing it for the sake of his name. That's why we exist. That's why we do Global Focus is literally for the sake of his name. That's why we do missions. If you've ever read any of John Piper's writings, he has a great book on on missions called Let the Nations Be Glad. Older book. But in it, he states that The reason that the Great Commission is so important is because God is seeking people who would worship him. God wants worshipers for the sake of his name so that his name may be made famous, so that his renown may grow, not so that our renown may grow, so that his renown would grow, that he would be famous world over. And so when we understand that they did that, notice what it says. We do this because they left for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from pagans. Therefore, we ought to support such people so that we can be co-workers with the truth. When we read this, we understand two very important things, don't we? The first is that it's our responsibility. It's our responsibility to take care of these folks, and that should never fall to pagans. Our mission partners shouldn't be having to fundraise somewhere and do, do bake sales so that pagans are supporting the mission. That, that's, our, that's our responsibility. It's our job to do. It's our job to send them out. It's our job to stand behind them. It's not anyone else's. It's not the world's job. They shouldn't have to look to the world for these things. It, it should come from the people of faith. It's our responsibility. And if we do that, notice what it said. It said that we become co-workers with them. Co-workers. If you walked outside in the lobby and you just walked around the lobby and then you went in the gathering room, a couple of things would happen. It would be pretty impossible, I would think, for you to be in Memphis, Tennessee with Clay Fuson or in India with Brother V. It'd be impossible for some of you to go on a global missions project and play an instrument because you don't play one. It'd be hard for you to go to Brazil this year with Carl and Wanda. It would be hard for you uh, to make it to uh, South America, Latin America with Petra. It'd be hard for you to go to Honduras. It would be hard for you to make it to Legacy Mission Village to do all of these things in one year. And yet, by engaging the partners praying faithfully, giving, you're doing all of that. You're supporting all of those things. It's all happening through you. I don't know how you feel about it, but I watched that video of two young men giving their all for the Lord Jesus Christ and standing in front of their peers and saying, I'm ready to be baptized and being baptized in front of family and friends and and people who know them and being baptized by their student pastor. And when I see that, I get pretty excited. I, I hope you got excited this morning because that's, that's the whole point of everything that we're doing. And, and you know, you should feel some ownership in that. You should feel some ownership in that because the reason that that happened was because you gave. The reason that happened is because you're serving in areas that allow other people to go. I'm always fascinated at who signs up as an adult to go to camp. They're earning every one of their jewels in their crown. You know it? Do you see that? Running around a field getting pegged with socks filled with paint. I mean, all that kind of stuff. And, 
and they just love it. They give. And, and as we do these things, we have a part of that. We're a part of that. And I think about our mission partners. Every good thing that comes out of their lives, we have a part in. Every baptism that they have. Do you remember last year when we were shut down and we showed you the video of, of what was happening out in California? They were shut down, so they were having to have church on the beach. It's the only place they could be. Well, a guy got saved, and good thing, right? There's water. Let's walk out there. Do you remember that baptism in the ocean, being able to see that? You have a part of that. We are co-workers, co-laborers. And that's the important thing for us to understand because the great co-mission, we are on mission with Christ. It's his mission and, and we're co-laborers with him. But we're co-laborers with all of these people. They're not standing on their own. It's not just ours to do. And our lives are richer because we're partnering with this. I, I just had this conversation with someone this week. Uh, they called me and, and said, you know, struggling a little bit with some addiction issues going on. And man, it was great to be able to say, I'm so glad to hear you say that. And I'm so glad to be able to tell you that we have an opportunity for you at Judson Baptist Church to be part of Recovery Church. Right over here. You can come and be part of that. There's a place for you here. You may have never been to Recovery Church and you have a part of it. You have an eternal impact on these people's lives. Every baptism, every salvation, every disciple made, you were part of it. And this kind of gets to the question of every year I ask you kind of the same thing. What are we going to do this year? This year we sent you some stuff home. And if you hadn't received it, you stop by and see Pastor Nathan at the Next Steps desk. But there are a couple of things that become important for you to see. We talked to you about giving options. Uh, one of the things that is still strange to me is that you can give online uh, I'm still used to having a little envelope, and if you're still used to having a little envelope, we have a little envelope, you know? Uh, I like the envelope. I like giving online. I like giving online when I forget the envelope. You know I mean? It's kind of one of those things. It's nice to be able to do that. We have offering boxes. Next Sunday, this is the one-day offering envelope, and if you bring this offering envelope, you'll be supporting the Timothy Initiative. Timothy Initiative has planted over 50,000 churches with your help over the last few years. Primarily, their focus right now has been in North Africa and India. Their, their initiative, a church in every village, takes $300 for them to train a pastor. So every $300, you're planting a church to be able to go out. These churches are inspected. Uh, they're not just giving money away. They're inspecting that. There's accountability for that. And if you come next Sunday and you put this offering envelope in the plate... Everything in here will go to the Timothy Initiative. You just write it to Judson Baptist Church, put it in here. And here's the great thing is I've already told you, but I remind you of this again. They're under a match this year, meaning that every time you give $300, that's gonna be $600. Praise the Lord for that. So we're gonna double our efforts because of the generosity of somebody else who basically came to them and said, this year, whatever you can raise, we're gonna double it up. That's impressive, that's, that's literally pouring gasoline on the fire. That's planting churches. And planting churches is important because churches stick around. Aren't you glad to be part of a church today that somebody planted and had the foresight to see? They, they could have never imagined this, 
But they, they had the foresight to see that a church needed to be in South Nashville. And here we are 110 years later because of the foresight that somebody had to bring that to us. Then we want you to take this card. And you can bring it next week or the following two weeks. We take it up for three weeks. This is an anonymous card. I mentioned this last week. Nobody's coming to your door and knocking on it and going, hey, you were $3 short on what you said you were going to give. Can you pony it up? No, it's just between you and the Lord. And on the back of it, it talks about what a faith promise offering looks like. Here's what it isn't. It's not a pledge. It's not something that somebody comes to collect. It's not something you sit down to figure it out. It's not taken away from what you already give to the church. What it is, it's between you and God. It's waiting on God to tell you how much he wants to give through you for reaching the world. And you have to trust him to supply it. It's a spiritual exercise. And so as you go through that, you can say, you know what, I'm, I'm giving a one-time gift this year to all of our mission partners and, and y'all can divvy that up, church, or I'm gonna give monthly, I'm gonna endeavor to give this, whatever it is, this really helps us. And, and I, I say this to you again, if, if you don't do this, we don't know what to tell our partners to expect. It's very important that you do this for us. Bring this back. Put it in the offering basket again. It's anonymous. And then finally, you've already taken all the things for the night of giving. I'm happy to report that we don't have anything left. There's nothing left. And if you say, well, man, I really missed out. You know what I tell you to do? Go to Kroger, go to CVS, buy a $50 Visa gift card and bring it with you that night and just come up and stick it in somebody's hand when you see everybody that, that has meant something to you. Put, put it in their hand. They won't know any different. Put it in a card and just give it to me. Say, I missed it. I wish I could have done that. You can do that. Very important for us to understand the season that we're going into. So we always ask you to give. I've given you the best I can on giving. Now you have a part to do and that's engage. I really, really want you to be here Friday night. I know it's Friday night. It's Friday night for all of us, right? But we'll all be here being blessed by our partners. You won't come and think, what a waste of time. You'll come and your heart will be moved. You'll be encouraged. And you're going to make some new friends. This is always good. But really the blessing is to give to our partners that night by giving of your time. Then come back Sunday night and be here for our night of giving. Show up to these things. Make sure you go by. Look at the booths that people have prepared. Our champions have been working hard on those things. Go out there and, and, and see if God doesn't move your heart for one of our partners. Maybe God just moves your heart in such a way that what you do is, is commit to pray for that partner daily. God just puts it on your mind. They need it. They need it. But as we go through this, I think the question for us every year is are we going to be faithful? Are we going to be faithful? The Apostle Paul, in writing what is probably one of my favorite New Testament letters, comes to us in the book of Philippians, chapter 1. And he said, I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you. You have people like that in your life. You think about them and you just can't help but be grateful for them. You're driving down the road and something happens and you think about them and you just stop and say, Lord, 
I'm so grateful that you put them in my life. Thank you for that. Sometimes it's, for me, uh, one of my grandparents. I had good grandparents. I'm grateful that I had good grandparents. I'm grateful that I had grandparents that did the best they could to model for me what it was like to be a believer. And sometimes something will happen. I'll, I'll walk out into my garage and I'll pick up that tool that I can imagine my grandfather's big old hand grabbing. And he had these big mitts, like I mean, they were thick and huge hands. And uh, he, would, he would hold those tools and work with them. And sometimes I, I, I just thank God for my grandfather. Sometimes I walk in my office and I see a book. I pick that book up and I thank God for the person that gave it to me. Or I, I walk into my study and it's filled with my dad's books and I just thank God for my dad's influence in my life in this church's life sometimes it's a mentor but a lot of times it's a mission partner and Paul was thanking the, Ephes- or the Philippian church for what they had meant to him every time he thought about them and he said I'm sure of this that he who started a good work in you will carry it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. I believe that about Judson Baptist Church. I believe God started something here when he brought global focus to us and he's going to work to complete it in our lives and we're going to be faithful to do it. Let's show up and be faithful this year. Let's do the faithful work. It's never glamorous or glorious, but it's good. I'm going to ask you to bow with me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we're mindful this week of the great things that you have done in our lives through our mission partners. Father, we're mindful of of how they have sacrificed and left for the sake of the name. We're mindful of, Father, our responsibility so that they never have to look to the lost world, the pagans of this world, for their support. But that, God, that you would be faithful means that we can be faithful. And Father, I pray for this congregation that this week they'll consider what they're going to give. They'll consider how they might engage and how they could go. And Father, we ask you to do that. We ask you to do a great work. Father, may we be encouraged by David Nelms and challenged by David Nelms this week as he preaches to to us. Um, May we be encouraged to be reunited with friends who we've met as mission partners and new ones who we're meeting, Lord, and how you would just do a work in their lives. Father, our prayer, though, most of all, is that they would leave here encouraged, that they would leave here after a weekend with us, ready to serve in this next year, excited about the possibilities, and, Lord, just reminded that there are a group of people in Nashville, Tennessee, praying for them who love them. God, we pray that you would commend us a week from Monday for a good work, a faithful work. And we ask these things in Jesus' name, we pray, amen.